Hey folks, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Damn It Presents, another podcast with myself, your host, Phil Morton. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone is super well. What have I been up to this week? I hear you all asking. Well, not very much. I've been playing a lot of Switch. That's been pretty good. I completed Zelda and watching a lot of movies and TV shows, which is fantastic. I've been listening to a lot of the band Nervous Data, who are probably the most listened to album I had last year from New York. Their album Don't Be A Stranger is absolutely incredible. I suggest everyone should check them out. They're absolutely amazing. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to follow, subscribe, review, like, share. That is all amazing. It should now be on all podcast streaming services. There is a donation link in the bio of this. If you'd like to donate any money, that'd be absolutely incredible. I've currently had a lot of problems with my gear and any money that I raise will just be going towards buying new stuff and hopefully making this all sound a little bit better and making life a bit easier so this week on the show, I have Catherine from Fresh, indie punk band from London on Special Subject Records. They are easily one-off, if not my favourite band in the UK. Their first album, Fresh, was absolutely amazing. The album that came out last year with Draw is also absolutely incredible. We have an amazing conversation about how Catherine got into music and how she got into playing instruments. We chat about how Fresh started, touring life and tour stories, and of course, really important subject matters such as hit movie Men in Black. Enjoy the show. What do you do when you're stuck between people? Baby, I never want to be with anyone but you. I like the way things come together. I like the way the light hits my bedroom. Whoa, 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 whoa. The things I care the most about do seem to ever get strange to say that you're doing well every day it's like very like kind of like not up and down but like every day feels quite different and the longer it goes on kind of like the more I think the more used to it I am like today I'm feeling really good I've I've had a good couple days I've been busy so I think like that's my new very good, like just feeling not bad. You have to like kind of adjust your expectations, you know? Yeah, and it, it's kind of like, I've, I know myself, like you kind of have ups and down days. There's days where you're really unmotivated and it's like, I just don't want to get out of bed, even yeah. if it's nice outside. But you're sick of the four walls you're yeah, kind of living in. Totally. But like, it's hard right now because like, I want to do lots of music stuff and like, there might be like Instagram live shows and stuff to do, but I really don't feel like I'm in the headspace of like, a music person like literally all I do every day for the last couple of months has just been like wake up revise for like the, these weird online exams so <laughs> it kind of sucks that I can't really be like a music person you've done a few of uh, the live streams how was uh how was Manchester Punk Fest one last night it was really nice like I think the thing you have to like manage your expectations with live streams because obviously like they're not as good as like a real physical show but with something like Manchester Punk Fest where like it is such like a community-based thing you can actually really recreate that really well on Instagram live with like all the comments and like the first ever Manchester show we ever played was Manchester Punk Festival a couple years ago so like we got off on the right foot in Manchester and then like after that every Manchester show we played has been great because like we met like the right people and the right friends who come to our show yeah. you know <laughs> yeah it's just that complete sort of community vibe as you say that makes it so much fun as well it's, it's not it's almost like it's not just a festival it's like a big hangout with all your friends it's not and you know what 
it probably is like the UK equivalent to Fest. And yeah. like, that's the only time I see people get, people really rave about Fest in quite the same way. And it's, it's more than a festival and it's like, it's a community thing. Fresh played at Fest, right? Was that last year or the year before? Yeah. Did it, did it feel a lot different to, to something like Manchester Punk Fest where you're playing such a, I mean, I saw bigger stages as such in, in Florida. It's, it does feel like more intense just by like size, but in like the same ambience, like the same kind of community spirit is there. Mm-hmm. And I think for festival, we were excited because like, you know, it was another country and it was our first time in the US as a band, yeah. but it's, you know, there's also more pressure when you, when you, you're going all the way for that. I was actually chatting to someone the other day about live streams, etc., and it becoming the, the new norm at the moment. And it's, it's super yeah. cool how from, from the biggest bands to the smallest local ones are doing them and doing them for, for good causes. Yeah. But, I was trying to talk about the worry of the amount of comments being so positive that they should keep going after lockdown and the effects it might have on live shows going forward. Yeah. And I know like sort of live streams can't ever replicate the feeling of being at a show and, mm. and seeing bands play live and the energy you get from playing live. But do you think it's almost like a, a fear that people might start taking these for granted and, and not want to go see a live band ever again afterwards. I have thought about it that way, but honestly, what this lockdown has done is just like make us all realise just how vital shows are because like, yeah, totally. I'm never at home for more than a week this is the longest period I haven't played shows in quite a while and like I think everyone is just itching to be at a show again I can see it and like I am I can see everyone saying look I'll take a six band bill at this point like I'll take (laughs) you know and I agree like I would take the shittest show like the worst microphone that shocks you every time your mouth touches it like I would do anything right now um and I think it's sad because it's really it's difficult to be in the state where like we really want something and we can't because of health but when it eventually ends I just keep saying to everyone like there's going to be such great shows it's going to be a great time and like that is kind of actually genuinely like keeping me going (laughs) I can see there being like a massive spike in in all dares when all this is over oh my god I I can see I can see the amount of uh I, I don't know I can just see bigger audiences especially yeah. for the first while of just everyone's gonna be like fuck I need to go to a gig again yeah. this is gonna be amazing and the first like month or two of shows is gonna have so much energy it's gonna be class yeah I mean I hope it will be a long-term thing because the internet is like the thing with the internet is that it's a great discovery tool yeah most people don't discover bands IRL some people do but it's not it's not the majority most people discover bands on Spotify on like Twitter um on the internet in general and so the longer we have this like discovery based platform building up building up building up you can't go to any shows the longer you'll accumulate more people and then hopefully that will all spill over and kind of erupt into an amazing great big show or runner shows (laughs) or tour for for all bands I'm talking I don't really know what's going to happen with my bands but I I think in general that's what I'm hoping I'm trying to be optimistic about it because you need hope (laughs) no I definitely think you're right I think in times like this it's the best sort of time to actually like for discovering new music Mm -hmm. you've got so much time in the flat and stuff yeah I'm all and I'll spend on Spotify looking at like artists you might like or or, like watching these live streams and hopping on like a new band I also think like having this time off and away from like the gig scene even just the DIY scene can become a bit 
oversaturated where there's mm-hmm. so many gigs going on that it gets a bit overwhelming and you mm-hmm. can't you, know, you can't go to them all like I, I get the feeling that I just can't do as many gigs as I used to because my yeah. ears get tired and it's a lot of energy but I feel like everyone's starting to realise how much we take live music for granted yeah. within what I've been chatting to folk and it's like I cannot wait to go watch a show again it's going to be so much fun <laughs> yeah exactly and like I think that's what's going to happen and like we've had to be really careful actually because stuff that we had all the stuff we had for this summer has either has been you know pushed back to say October November Mm -hmm. and then there's also this re-emergence now of people saying do you want to do this in October we're planning for which I think is a bit preemptive but we've had to be really careful with agreeing to shows because what we don't want to happen is that lockdown ends and then suddenly we have 30 shows to play in October because like that would be exhausting and like overwhelming and also like the longer this goes on the more I realize maybe October isn't realistic which is like really sad (laughs) we may as well chat about some more optimistic things and chat a bit more about you know music but before even fresh began how did you get into music how did you get into playing guitar and into into songwriting oh um I wasn't like in a very musical family my parents liked music but no one plays music in my family and like growing up I really liked their music like Queen, ABBA, Elton John, ELO, The Jam, The Buggles like whatever (laughs) 80s pop mostly and then like when I was 14-ish I got really into My Chemical Romance and Green Day didn't we all I had a super emo phase that I still that I still love and live through um so I got into like all the emo canon of like Death Cab all the male emo bands when I was quite young at 14 probably um maybe 13 as well and then by 15 I was quite an indie kid I was really into like Cage the Elephant they were like my favorite band um (laughs) and then so I learned guitar I started learning guitar at 15 I like bought an Argos acoustic guitar for my birthday and I yeah learned, learned some chords um and then I think I think maybe at 16 I got an electric guitar I also got a drum kit um I did like my did you have to do work experience at school at secondary school I did we did like a a week I worked in a skate shop for a week oh my god so exactly I had a week just like you and I worked in a guitar shop yeah um and I built my own bass did you get to keep it at the end of it I didn't get to keep the bass they put it on sale Uh, which sucked as I was saying that I was like oh wouldn't it be cool if that was the bass I still play (laughs) (laughs) fuck it's not (laughs) it's not um and then I bought a bass discount from that shop because they didn't pay me because it was work experience when I was 16 so I started like learning all the instruments I wasn't very good but like it didn't really matter because I think I was at a point in my life where like I just focused all my energy into like learning these instruments because I loved like singing and writing songs but I think I knew from quite early on that I wasn't going to be able to be one of those people who could just stand on stage and sing. Um, And I kind of wanted to be a bit more self-reliant for me and to like write on an instrument. So I thought guitar was like the easy one uh, compared to piano. Um, So I learned guitar. And then I started playing bass in a couple of people's bands around London when I was like 17. And then I got a bit bored of playing in other people's bands. And I was like, I want to record my own music. And um, I was playing in my friend James's band and he was like he knew his way around like logic so we like set up a little demo corner in his flat and we um recorded Gooing Chum and these things over like a year Mm -hmm. and then we started playing live shows which was scary and fun we gradually got better and I got better at playing live (laughs) and then we played we opened for um the EP release for Ship Present in London and Special Subject were there and they were like, oh, we should keep in touch. And like, if you need help booking like a little weekender, you know, we can help you with that. So they helped us with that. And then Andrew was like, well, you know, if you're working on an album, like we'd love to put it out. 
Let me put the arm out. You know, I could go on in this way until right up to, and now I am here. Fresh have so much energy when you play. And I remember, I think the first time I saw you all was in an art space in Glasgow. Jesus and his judgmental oh, father, I think. Oh, we, God. We met after that when I put you on with, I think it was the best, wasn't yeah. it? After that in Glasgow. And even like the, the change of the sort of live show and the energy you have, is this a sort of confidence like you've, you've built up over time or is it like mm. a, a natural progression or is it something you now think about of like you want to make sure you're you're providing as much fun on stage as possible because the more fun you're having the more fun the audience have i the minute i played the first ever fresh show which is the first show i'd ever played ever i was like oh i really like playing live like i will now do anything i possibly can <laughs> to just play more live shows and like having like people respond really positively to gooing chum when that came out just like having people say oh you should leave London and come and play in Nottingham or Leeds or Glasgow. Like yeah. there, it just felt natural and something I really wanted to do to just play as much as possible. So then like, obviously if you're playing and touring all the time, you do get good at guitar quite quickly. Yeah. You just get more comfortable on stage as a person, just as a body standing on stage, like you're, you don't feel as awkward anymore. I think your confidence as a person and like as an adult out in, in life dealing with people you get better at that and that all just manifests itself in performance I think and in songwriting was there a big change in the songwriting style and how you you came about writing from say the first album fresh to to withdraw did it was there a big sort of difference when you're you're coming at them the songwriting difference isn't in the way that the songs are conceived because that was the exact same it's just like I wrote most of the self-titled songs when I was like 17 18 and then I wrote most of withdraw. I'm guessing when I was 20 and that's not a huge age difference but it is it is for that age like I don't know it's just like I matured I think it's maturity yeah Um, I guess there's there's that quite steep curve between almost leaving high school age to sort of bunny ears joining joining the real world almost (laughs) yeah And I don't think I've fully joined the real world yet either. I so. don't think any of us have. Oh, wait, you're pretending to? Oh, my God, thank God. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you're talking about like the art space show you saw us in in Glasgow and then the show you put us on with the beds at Block. Yeah. There, exact, like, there would be moments where I would just stop and be like, oh, we we've gotten really good. Like we, we've gotten really tight. Just, yeah, you'd realise like every three months you'd be like, oh, like this is way more effortless or like like I remember that was our first time ever playing Glasgow with Jesus's judgmental father when you first saw us that was my first ever time in Scotland mm-hmm. and I remember we were like loading yeah. that was when JC from Martha was driving and TMing so we had the van the like the big white van the stereotypical one uh-huh. and we were like loading in all the really heavy gear and it for, oh what I can't remember what that um venue was called but uh, tra- transmission yes that was the one it had really steep stairs yet yeah like really yeah. steep so I was carrying an amp and like I just like completely slipped and like ate shit like fell to the the entire flight of stairs just fell down it JC was like oh my god are you okay and like I just had to like I am absolutely fine. I was so embarrassed. Like I like that was our first ever tour that wasn't like four days. Like that was like a two week tour. Like our album had just come out. Like I don't think I knew JC very well either. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I have to like really impress these people. And I was in like a lot of pain that night. And I had bruises the next morning, but I was very much like, I am absolutely fine. And it was a great show though. <laughs> yeah, and I think multiple times in that tour because I was like I was quite young and like I was just very excited. JC's like touring style is like angry dad mm-hmm. and like I for some reason was bouncing 
bouncing around in the back of the van while we were on we weren't on a motorway in my defense but we were definitely like in motion like I should have had my seatbelt on but I didn't and I was just like bouncing about and I'm pretty sure he braked on purpose but he he braked <laughs> and I went like tumbling into like the footwell of the van <laughs> and um so like that tour was very just like just getting hurt a lot and just being an idiot like I'd also like want to climb onto the roof of the van and JC would be like, no, it's for only, it's for, it's for over 21s only. And like, he'd make all these rules up just to exclude me from being an idiot. So I, I definitely have that like really childish urge to just cause trouble when I'm on tour. I'm so, I, when I'm not in my like music life or music world, I'm the most like, well, not the most, but I'm a very responsible person but something about tour and being in a band just makes me like act like an eight-year-old child like (laughs) in fact on the on the slingshot Dakota tour I got really excited and climbed to the roof of the van and then couldn't get down and then Andrew from Special Subject who was driving and DMing like got out of the van and came around and was like what's all this and like what's going on (laughs) I was chatting recently to someone about touring Hmm. who they say they treat touring as kind of like a party and a holiday. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have a feeling of like, go hard, go home, which I guess is a very sort of juvenile punk way to look at things. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> only so long you can sustain that almost lifestyle. Is that something you think about? Yeah. Or, or do you feel like you have to be in the mindset of making sure you keep some sort of routine that you're as, as well as you can eating healthily, sleeping healthily, that sort of thing? <laughs> Which is hard to do, obviously, on, when you're on the road. And... Like, it's hard to do even even when you're not on the road. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I live a healthy wa- lifestyle. When Trust I'm... me, I've been snacking like a madman yeah. recently. Exactly, yeah. Like, and, like, I'm, I'm a third year, no, fourth, fuck. I'm a fourth year uni student. Like, I don't have the best diet and I don't have the best sleeping hours. But I'm actually, I don't know, like, in the early days of tour, before, you know, when we were doing shorter weekenders mm-hmm. and they were more DIY, it would be definitely like I I we I I used to have kind of these wild times where we would we toured we played in Southampton and Brighton like endlessly yeah. too much like we definitely shouldn't have played there so much we were just fucking getting everyone tired of us and like I would take acid and like jump about and and not sleep at all all night and like you know I, as I've gotten older and the tours have gotten different. Well, it's it's that, and like I just have no desire anymore to to take acid, and to, <laughs> to not sleep, and to like when we tour now, it's more like we go on a run every morning, or we do yoga every morning, and you know we we try to eat healthily. And yeah. I like for the pup tour, for example, we had one day off that whole tour. Oh no, that's not true. We had two days off. So for one day off, we played our own headline show in Edinburgh because the pop tour didn't go to Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. And then for the other day off, Andrew found on Airbnb like this 16th century cottage that was like attached to a pub. Oh, amazing. Um, and it was mad cheap because it was in the middle of nowhere. It was in Peak District. And, you know, it was between the two cities. I can't remember what the cities were. Um, my geography is so bad. <laughs> um, but it was in the Peak District and we had a whole day of just like watching like Harry Potter movies on the TV because there was no internet and going downstairs to the pub and like 
I went to bed at like 10 that night and I was like, this is so good. So like, I think touring is like, you have to have the attitude of a holiday. Yeah. Like you have to have the good spirits and the camaraderie of like, we're all going on the summer holiday, but you can't party. Well, it depends what you want out of your tour. If you're, you're you know, a band doing a fun tour and like, you know that your voice can withstand four nights without sleep and screaming yeah. then go for it. But for us, like it's not really feasible anymore that we party and also the personalities of the people in the band we drinking isn't really a focus in the band anymore like so it just doesn't make sense anymore and like I mean it sounds so silly or like it sounds so such like a cop-out but like you really we we have good wholesome fun now (laughs) having one night's one thing but being hung over every day your mental health would just go in the toilet wouldn't it (laughs) if you were drinking every night waking up on a floor every morning with a stinking hangover does not sound in any way fun whatsoever i think like george in the band like would sometimes get hangovers on tour and he'd just be so pissed because like i would have drank the same if not more than him and i would just be like bouncing up at 7 a.m like uh, uh, where are we doing our run like i'm hungry but like yeah no it's not feasible like i think uh, fresh tours are nowadays maybe like 10 percent of that kind of fun rock and roll party thing like i i still love like getting a bit too smashed on one night of the tour say but to be honest at this point like i I'm, the reason we all tour is because we love playing music and we like playing our songs and like we know that we want to like play them well so and also like except for me the others are older and they're just like <laughs> I don't want to do this <laughs> like on the pub tour it was so um regimental just like every day was like get up sound check or whatever venue at four it was the same every day and we had a night out together as a touring party just once yeah. because like when you're touring with a band like pup like we were I def it definitely like made me learn like I was like oh this is what professional touring is like these guys are here to like do their job and like put out like the best performance every night and like they have no interest in being silly and stuff like like it was a useful kind of eye-opener for fresh I think I think every time we tour with a band it's usually a band that I like and that I've like worked really hard to get us on tour with and then I'll like almost like study them on the tour and be like okay how can I incorporate this or like what are they doing that's like really useful or like what habits have they got like yeah so I'm quite a strategic tourer I think is there anything that you couldn't live without while you're on tour hmm I'm the worst. I don't even bring toothpaste and shit. Like, because every house has toothpaste. <laughs> so that's where all my fucking toothpaste went every time you guys have stayed at me. Honestly, no, that is me. I am the worst. If I see some, like, original source shower gel in the corner, I'm like, yes. George is always so mad at me because I'm like, can I have some toothpaste? Or can I have a towel? Sometimes I don't even bring a towel. But I think, I, I don't know, like, there's not a physical thing that I always bring on every tour except for, like, my phone. But, like, my bandmates, like, I need to have my bandmates around not that sounds really obvious but like (laughs) um, I just mean like socially like they're the best source of entertainment because they're unpredictable you never know what mood they're going to be in you can always like have a different chat with them human beings are the best form of entertainment they really are exactly you realize that in in lockdown because like when you binge a a series on Netflix it's always going to go the same way but if George and Miles and Jack or Dan haven't had enough sleep, their answers to your dumb questions are going to be very different. And that's very entertaining. (laughs) 
<laughs> so like yeah i just kind of just like bounce off the people who are on the tour yeah and like that's why touring with a band another band is always fun because like it's new people and it's like the first day at camp and you're just you're just like testing out the waters and seeing what everyone's personality is I'm, like, how far can i take it exactly and I'm sure everyone loves it. I'm sure they're like, oh, yeah, touring with Catherine from Fresh. She's, <laughs> she's the best. She's not. <laughs> but I remember the Nervous tour was like, when you talk about the rock and roll party attitude, like, Nervous are ultimate partiers. And, like, uh, they're just one of my favorite bands. And that tour was so fun because we did it in June. Yeah. It was just, like, Nervous always have the vibe of, like, despite whatever shit you throw at Nervous, like, They'll always come out on top and they just have the most optimistic. And they're the loveliest people. They're super optimistic with everything. They're optimistic and they're like effortlessly just good at what they do and like good at playing their songs and writing their songs. So like in like fitting, like in completely fitting with that vibe, that tour was in June, but it was freezing cold. The door fell off the van. Um, <laughs> so like, and then it, we couldn't, it didn't fix completely so that like if it rained while we were driving, you would get splashed if you sat near the, the door. There was times where like, at one point we were like driving to Southampton the night before our joiner show and we had to sleep on the floor of the ranch, which is that recording studio. Yeah. And it was just like such a fun, like chaotic. It felt more, I felt like it was the kind of tour uh, like a more genuine tour in a way because I was just we were just like screaming along to like god I don't even remember the names of these bands that they were listening to they were listening to like typo negative and shit <laughs> like at like full fucking volume in the van all the time and like they were like cracking beers open at 11 and like it was just absolute mayhem and it was really fun and it felt like a really like fun summer tour Shout about touring. I was so I was watching mm-hmm. the new Men in Black last night. Okay, I haven't seen it. I don't know if I recommend it or not. Okay. They use that thing that's in all the Men in Blacks, the neuralizer. Neuralizer. That wipes everyone's memory. It's like the <gasps> wee pen thing that comes up, right? Yeah. So like, if you see an alien, they come out, pull this oh, pen yeah. up. Oh yeah, I remember that in the Will Smith one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. then you're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Do you yeah. have a tour moment that you would neuralize? <laughs> I feel like I could get really real with that answer and just bum everyone out because like touring isn't always fun. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Touring is really hard on your mental health and like yeah, of course. as someone who has like quite extensive like issues with mental health as long as I've been aware of myself and also just being a woman on tour in a scene that is increasingly less but still like mostly cis het male dominated like yeah. there's been a lot of very very difficult challenging moments and i don't really i mean i think fresh like talks about them and also kind of doesn't talk about them because like i want to acknowledge them and like they do inform like my songs and stuff but also like i do ultimately want to be optimistic yeah, totally. yeah there's like there's a lot of things that have happened on tours where i literally i wish i could that hadn't happened and i wish i didn't have to think about but they have actually become less and less as i get more confident slash assertive and as because like the, the the more fresh of toured the more the people coming to the shows have been understanding of us yeah. and like the more that we have people who come to the show and know what we're about so like we don't have to play to crowds as much anymore where there's going to be a guy who's super disruptive or super or harassing people or whatever mm-hmm. like it still happens but it doesn't happen nearly as much and i think it's going to happen less and less like hopefully so yeah it's just a sad state that it's cool that you've got to the stage where people come to know what to expect but these people are still going to be arseholes yeah, there will always be assholes, and you 
you'll play a lot of tours where no one's ever heard of you and like no one's there to see you that's that's the headliner and that's great because that means that a there's no expectations on you Mm -hmm. um and you can just absolutely have a great time fuck about play first get drunk um and b it's just a chance to meet new people and win people over and make new friends like but then of course there's a there's i love playing a show and everyone knows the words that's great as well so it's nice to have both and maybe a balance I think you should always be trying to have a balance because both are good. Do you think that playing live is still the best way to kind of reach a new audience? Or do you think nowadays that because like we're chatting earlier about the internet, especially Mm. in times like this, where people finding new stuff, that you rely a bit more on like social media and using fresh as like a brand almost? I think I wish playing live was the best way to get people into new music. But well, speaking from my experience, like, all my favorite bands I discovered on Tumblr. <laughs> and I guess now that's Twitter. Is Tumblr still a thing? Yeah, it is, but it's not. Well, I don't know. I've got two 16-year-old sisters and they, they have Tumblr. <laughs> so I kind of just measure by whatever they're doing. Um, but I don't think Tumblr is the kind of force it was for discovering. Yeah. Like I got into the front bottoms and modern baseball and all those bands on Tumblr. Yeah. And Spotify Discover now, I think, is the best way to get into new bands. And it's a shame that it's the internet. But I don't think live shows inherently are the best way to discover bands because a band's live set can be great but i feel the best representation of the band is the is the recording and so yeah. in a way it's kind of I, I wish i wish spotify was a streaming platform that paid artists fairly and there was a better place to get into that music but what spotify are really good at is that algorithm of discovery and if you're if you're treated favorably by the spotify algorithm you will reach lots of people yeah. um i just wish that the algorithm wasn't a horrific capitalist hierarchy but it is Twitter in that way is a bit better because you don't need to there's no there's less of a hierarchy but again like you kind of do have to it's not really a brand but like any band any band that wants to be an active band has to do a little bit of self-promotion yeah totally you have to think about different ways especially these days as well yeah I'm really glad that like for special subject they're so creative about ways to like keep active um that isn't just playing shows like they always have great ideas and like I think that's like the specialist subject live show was the start of all live shows. Like it's still like the gold standard, I think, of live shows on Instagram. Um, it's where that that plant banter came from. So I've, I've got to be honest and confess that I've still not planted my fresh wild seeds <laughs> from the withdrawal. I never even got them. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It is really cool looking at pictures of people's like wildflowers because it's spring now. So some people have started planting them again. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, you I've should. I've still got them. I've still got them. And actually, my next door neighbour has started a wee sort of plant section in the garden yeah. of our flat. So maybe I'll go out and do a wee. Yeah, do it. It's like the section. perfect weather and they'll grow really quickly. And then you can you can send me a picture because it's very, that was an idea of special subject. Like as an example, like, oh, what should we do? Flower seeds and people can grow plants along with the record. I thought that was cool. I love um, special subject. I think oh, me too. But hands down my favourite label. I got to I went down to Bristol last year and got to visit. Oh, it's such nice. a cool place and the exchange is awesome. Yeah, I can't imagine being on any other label for fresh. Like it's the only label we've ever been on. It's just the good label for us. Like they're just great people. It's it's a great community, like and what they like every all their values are our values. Like yeah. what they want to get out of music is what fresh wants out of music. So that is really cool and like I love every time we play in Bristol because we'll stay somewhere nice and like 
and get to have like a chat and a catch up and having Erica and Rory on the team as well now is really cool they're both like amazing artists in their own right so yeah it's a cool team before we finish up Mm. I decided when I was coming up with questions for this interview last night okay I thought my new thing is I'm gonna start really stupid rumors about people oh my god okay great I love it I love gossip I love drama for yourself (laughs) I've got the rumor that you don't believe in children that you, you don't think, believe in children. Yeah, that the children you see on the street are government Fake. placed holograms walking around uh-huh. to make you believe that kids are actually a thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I want to ask you is, why don't you believe in the kids? Um, well, Phil, I think if you just opened your eyes for even half a second and woke up and stopped being such a sheeple, <laughs> I think you'd be on my side as well. And, you know, like a lot of times I've stopped children in the street and I've said, hey, look now and they've gone ah you you know you're right the game's up and they've stood up and they've turned out to just be adults on their knees with shoes attached to their knees (laughs) and I think you know like the evidence is all around there waiting to be analyzed it's just not it's not convenient especially right now (laughs) 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 so yeah I don't know who told you that and I don't know how you found that out but if I have to talk about that then I might as well just you know put all my cards on the table and just kind of say Everyone should believe that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy you've been so honest with me. I knew it was true. In a telling interview, I reveal all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Such a delight to have you. Thanks. Let's speak soon. I can't wait to see you again. Yeah, thanks. Bye. That was amazing. Thank you so much to Catherine from Fresh for joining me on the podcast. Absolutely love the conversation. I hope you did too. If you want, you can check out Fresh on all streaming services, Of course, Bandcamp, pick up some merch, pick up records. Withdraw came out last year. It's an absolutely incredible album. I advise everyone to give it a shot. If you enjoy the podcast, of course, you can follow us, share us, like us, review us, all the usual stuff. There's a donation link if you wish to chuck me some money to help buy some new equipment. That would be absolutely amazing. But for now, see you next week. (laughs) 